You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Matthew. It is 8.05 a.m. It has come time for us to have our next quiz question, please. Matthew. Lovely. So our next quiz question is, now, just correct me if I'm wrong, Danuta. Are we Number four. Four. Fantastic. What is the day referred to when the apostles received the Holy Spirit and went out speaking in different tongues? Once mm. again. So what is the day referred to when the apostles received the Holy Spirit and went out speaking in different tongues? Okay, text us in your answer on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That number again, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And you'll go in the draw for the two books, Cultivated and uh, A Trip to the Supernatural with Roger Morneau. Yes, Shell, you have something Convicted. to sh- Come, What did I say? Cultivated. You're thinking Don't. about gardening. <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> I mentioned that earlier. You're thinking about our interview. We just had our interview. If you just joined off, we've just had our interview on agriculture and harvesting with Rod Bailey. And I think that's where it came from, didn't it? (laughs) That's the funniest thing. Anyway, similar letters, but not all of them are the same in there. So (laughs) Convicted, that is the book about a young juvenile delinquent who actually gets given a Bible, of course, in in prison and, uh, yeah, just gives his heart to Jesus and his actual story there. That question again, what is the day referred to when the apostles received the Holy Spirit and went out speaking in different tongues? 0491 for your answer. We're going to need to be careful now when we're going to our Bible study time not to mention that particular name of the day because we're probably going to refer back to that time a little bit with what we're covering later on in the show or shortly in the show in our Bible study time. Hey, you also, we actually said hi earlier to uh, the town called Published. I had that in front of me and we looked it up and, of course, there is no town called Published. I don't know even how that came up. So we've decided to scrap that one. It's unpublished. It's unpublished. When it is published, we'll let you know when Published <laughs> is around. Okay, so we want to say hi to the, our listeners in Port Kembla, New South Wales, on 87.8 FM. Now, Port Kembla is a suburb of Wollongong, 10 kilometres south of the CBD, part of the Illawarra region. It's a beautiful area. Have you been down to Wollongong? I have. It's great fishing down there, believe it or not. There's another area called uh, Wendang that's around the corner from there. And, yeah, as I said, you can get great fishing. My Uncle Rupi would take me down there with my brothers, and we go both spear fishing and rod fishing as well. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be lots of other fishermen around too. Down in Wollongong, my sister-in-law lives down there too. She's really lucky because that's a beautiful area. And so it's actually known for its harbour and significant role in industrial history as well. Uh, so, But, yeah, lots of people do do fishing around that area. So, Port Kembla, big hello to you. If you are listening on the show today, text us in. Let us know what you love about Port Kembla or if you are passing through, um, and and like the area to let us know. Hey, earlier also, when we came back on air, air for probably about half an hour today, unfortunately, we had major technical issues right across Australia. It wasn't just, uh, yeah, ours, ours here. It was like right across Australia, things were impacted. And thank you, Michael, for getting us back on air once again. Uh, so if you missed the early part of the show and want to catch up on that, you can actually download the app if you haven't got it already on your phone and listen back on the podcast uh, to our recording as well or go onto our 
our website and you can find that. But here, Greg wrote into us, good morning show. Oh, morning show, the best show. Yeah, we think it's the best show too. Oh, We're wow. not biased here, are we? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He says here, do you know where it can find, I can find yesterday's song, True North, He Lifts Me Up. Unfortunately, that is a pre-digital age, so you can only get it on CD, and I know that the band no longer, they've disbanded. Oh. So, yeah, I'm not sure that you can. It was just a a small Wisconsin group, so that's why I know them, because that's where I was originally from. Because you're from from there. Yeah, and they, there were some of the people who went, you know, they came to our church and did concerts and things, and so I was able to get all of their CDs. But I don't, I don't know that they have any of the CDs available anymore. Oh. But what we can do for Greg is play it it's here. Play it again. Yes. Play it again. <laughs> so, Greg, we can play it for you again because your text came through this morning. No, yesterday. That one was yesterday. But we, hopefully you are listening today. We can play that again later in the show, Shell. Will that be okay? Yep, we've got the big head nod from Shell to play that again for you later in the show, which is exciting. Now, Matthew. Yes. Yesterday you shared a little bit of your story, but so that our listeners get to know you a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about yourself. You moved, of course, to Kurumbong in the area and you, you are studying. But So you were living originally in Sydney, is that correct? That's correct. So the area we were living in prior to moving up to Kurumbong is a place called Quakers Hill in Western Sydney. I know Quakers Hill. We used to live there too. Not far from you, I think. Very, very true. There and, you uh, go. We, we moved from there a long time ago. And tell us, do you, did you grow up with brothers and sisters? Actually, mum only had all boys. Uh-huh. Now, she always wanted a girl. Mm. And I will share that I was married before. Uh, this marriage that I have with Diane is a, my current marriage, and hopefully the one that stays. So Yeah, well, I can <laughs> see it's going well, so that, um, it's going to stay. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and I have two children from my first marriage. And when I had my daughter, it was an answer to my mum's prayers because now she has a daughter in the family. So she actually asked if she could name my daughter and she had the privilege of naming her and she named her um, Jasmine. Oh, I love that name. Yes, and Hope was uh, one of the other names she wanted her to be named. That's her middle name, Jasmine Hope. Her last, her second last name is Fwala Ao because my, my, my first wife is Samoan and Fwala Ao means flower. Oh, beautiful. So the first one is jasmine, which is a flower, and then that one is flower as well. So flower, hope, flower. Flower, hope, flower, smith. Wow. Isn't that (laughs) neat? Okay. Flower, hope, flower. I have never heard of that, and that's a beautiful way of doing it, and a nice way to remember that too in everyone. And now you're saying you had brothers, so your mum had had sons. So how how many boys did she have? So there's four boys all together. Where do you fit? And I fit as the oldest. Oh, okay. Yes. Were you a bit of a bossy bridge? Uh, oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that word. No, I'm no, no. sorry, but <laughs> that's, that's what can tend to be used when we're growing up, isn't it? Okay, were you bossy? It's probably the better way to say it. Actually, not from the get-go, but there is relevance for that because in the beginning, as I shared, mum was just continuing a vicious cycle of heavy-handedness from an island culture. Mm. And so uh, we're all timid. Even the oldest brother myself was quite timid, uh, very scared. So I was very much, very much of a leader, especially when we were running away from discipline. Uh, we all ran as a pack, so we were taken mm. off all the time. So, wow. Um, more follower than a leader. So whoever ran first, I'd follow them. If I ran first, they followed me. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so but, as the oldest, you, yeah, right. But later, later when I was um, becoming into my 
you know, formative years as an, a young adolescent teenager, um, because I saw the assertiveness from my mum, I did become eventually assertive. And mm-hmm. uh, for the wrong reasons, quite a bit of a bully to, to my shame, I must say, uh, because I felt if my brother's were out of line, I'd just do what mum does, whack. Uh, so I've learnt later through Christian values, it was actually that fear is a very poor motivator mm. um, to leading people. Um, love inspires a lot more than fear does. Love inspires so much more. And like you shared yesterday, I love the fact that you said that even with your mum over the years, um, you know, for quite a number of years, there's been a real transformation. And of course, if she had her time again, I'm sure she wouldn't do those uh, things absolutely. at all. And that you've also learnt from that yourself in the way you're bringing up your children. And the beautiful thing is that you're in a godly marriage now. Diane's beautiful. I've yes. met her a number of times and getting to know her more as well. And of course, the fact that she's supporting you of being in ministry in stunning to, to be a minister as well. Absolutely. And um, kudos to my wife too. You know, it's not an easy journey when a wife follows her husband into uh, this particular calling, especially when some wives are hesitant. I mean, my wife didn't want to come straight away. When we first got married in 2006, for instance, uh, my wife knew full well that I wanted to go to Avondale, but she said, you know, I don't want to marry a minister. That was my wife's wow. first conviction. Mm-hmm. So I knew, oh, Lord, I was saddened, brokenhearted to a degree because I was called, as I shared yesterday, in high school. Mm. And I thought, oh, then I'd better just be a husband that helps meet the bills by going into the workforce. So I worked for Costco for at least seven years before I came to, yeah, to here in Kurumbong by God's leading. And um, it's been the best decision for both Diane. The job she's doing at Current, for instance, she says it's the best job she's ever had. Isn't and that beautiful? And you're, of course, being on the Avondale grounds that you've got so many other people that are on the same page, you know, spiritually, who are wanting to worship the Lord, who love the Lord in every way, and who actually, um, yeah, are there to support you on your journey as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491. 064 Okay, it's come time for us to move into our Bible study time. Of course, we're doing a whole series for several weeks looking at God's mission, my mission. And this week, what we're actually looking at is God's call to mission. Earlier this week, we actually looked at how Abraham, a God called Abram out of the land of Ur. And he, he went with Sarah and yesterday we actually unpacked the fact that he was also, even though he followed by faith and he was obedient to God, that Abram, who later became Abraham, of course, was um, just like us, very human and made some mistakes along the way. And the one that he actually did in that one that we were actually looking at yesterday that we looked at was the fact that he uh, he actually, when they went to Egypt, when they went from the land of Canaan to Egypt it, because of the famine, and he said, you know, tell them that you are my sister and not my wife. And Pharaoh actually took her into his courts and then, you know, trouble came on to Pharaoh's house hold um, and Pharaoh actually said for Abram to take his wife and to leave um, but you know the, the thing is that either way what we're seeing here is that even though he he failed that at the same time God's grace 
came through in a beautiful way that we see that in the Old Testament people think that God of grace isn't there, God of mercy and compassion isn't there, but he is in all the way. Today we're actually going to the book of Acts, which is actually looking at the early church. And, of course, we had a quiz question earlier that we need to remember not to use that particular word, but we had the quiz question saying when did the apostles actually receive the Holy Spirit and where they actually went speaking in different tongues. And that actually comes in in the start of the book of Acts. Now here, the book of Acts is actually uh, written by Luke around 62-63 AD in, in Greek. Um, and, of course, one of his main themes is, of course, the universality of salvation. And God has no favorites that he is equal. But here we actually look in Acts about the early church um, and how it actually started and how it just boomed, how it actually took off in growth. So this is after the ascension, uh, sorry, after Jesus was resurrected. And he actually comes to in to the apostles, uh, and uh, sorry, the Holy Spirit comes down upon the apostles in chapter two. That's where that quiz question comes from, and they were in 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 combined together in prayer, um, in a major way. And it's such a beautiful story that you can read that in chapter two. And the Spirit is actually poured out upon them, and so there is that name, the specific name that is actually given <clears throat> to that particular time when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon. Them. Now we're going to go to chapter 8 of uh, Acts, <clears throat> looking further into the, uh, the start of the early church. There's a whole journey that you can actually read through those early chapters of what actually happened because many times throughout the book of Acts, we actually find, I, I love, uh, you know, years, several years back, I was saying this to a few people yesterday that you know, when I actually read the book of Acts quite a number of years ago, even though I'd read it before, what really jumped out at me is the fact that they were bold, mm. bold. And I actually circled that word a lot in my Bible, that, that God called them to be bold yes. um, and to take the word to, uh, uh, to, to the whole world. And that those who believed, we read it many times, even in chapter 4, it says many believed and the number of men came to be about 5,000 that believed. And you see that, you know, several thousand were named or large numbers. You know, all continually. And so now we actually go here to chapter 8 where there is the persecution of the church actually happening. And do you mind reading that for us, please? Yes, gladly. So reading from verse 1, it says here, Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen... To his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Mm, and then verse 4 says, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So here what we're finding, of course, Saul is being mentioned here is consenting to death and so, uh, and basically doing havoc. And he was persecuting, of course, those from the early church, which is the, the, the Jews, and they were, they were being scattered. So a bit of context here because we see the name Stephen being mentioned in chapter 2. So here's the context that we need to give, of course. So if you go back to chapter seven, 6 and 7, 
the early church in chapter six, we says now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, um, they then actually um, appoint seven, seven to serve. Then the word of God spread again in, in verse seven of chapter six. Again, the words were spread. They multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and great many places of priests were obedient to the faith. Now here's the thing that what we're seeing here is that in the early church, it starts off where? It starts off in Jerusalem. Okay, they start off in Jerusalem, and in fact, the whole story of them being in Jerusalem as an early church particularly goes from chapter two that we just mentioned earlier, and then it goes all the way through to chapter six that I have just mentioned. And at the end of chapter six, we see that Stephen, of course, one of those who was actually chosen amongst the group, as um, in verse five says, and the and the and the saying pleased the whole multitude to choose some, and they chose Stephen. here it is, a man full of faith and Holy Spirit. And then they also, and, and then there's others named like Philip Prochorus and others. But here's this thing that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Sweet. Now, what do you find when, like, you know, when we have moments particularly like, We've talked previously that we, we ought to be asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit right. daily. But here's the thing. When you're excited, I know when I first came, you know, to my, my, my true conversion story when I was really transformed. But then when I actually started moving into ministry as well, you just can't help but wanting to share the fact, you know, your faith and about, about Jesus to others. Can you? Is Absol- that what you find? I, I absolutely agree with that entirely because personally, for instance, when I felt God give me a conversion experience, I was actually in Blacktown Mental Health at the time, contemplating suicide. Wow, true. I was. I was asking God, look, you know, I'm hurting my family members, my friends, my girlfriend at the time, which was Diane, and um, I'm, I'm not doing well at work. I'm not doing well at church. I'm doing too many things poorly because I'm saying um, yes to doing anything, and I seem to be clashing with my commitments, not able to manage what I'm supposed to be faithful to. So then that ends up in me crashing into hospital I got burnt out and um, I've actually had been in hospital before for depression and this was actually my I'd say my seventh or eighth entry at this moment and that's why I was telling God you know God I think it's quits for me I'd rather you take me out of the equation because I don't hurt anyone and I don't hurt myself now lo and behold that evening the Lord uh, came to me with my heart and spoke to my thoughts, telling me, look, Matt, I want to reveal to you your past. I want to show you how you ended up in this place. Because I want you to wow. understand that I want to deliver you from here and help you to ride in the high places, that when you leave here, if you trust in me and you hold onto my hand, I promise you I'll turn your life around. You won't go through any of this pain as long as you trust in me and don't hold on to your ways of taking care of your own problems. And I did that. Wow, that's powerful. And obviously you, you couldn't do that journey completely on your own. You would have had people that were praying for you yep. and spiritually supporting you. But that was a turning point where you're saying you were in hospital and you felt God really touch you and just say, hey, I love you and you know I can help you through this you don't need to end here, and and you haven't because now your life is so different, and it's none of that in and out of hospitals anymore, is it? From pain to peace. Be- oh, love what oh, that's beautiful. From pain to peace, and beautiful. That's why we love to talk about Jesus because we want people who we see in pain when we look at them, 
We want them to be offered the same peace given unto us. That's such a beautiful, powerful story. And, of course, you can't help but showing Jesus now. And in, in Stephen's case, he actually then stood up, of course, and he actually um, said, he said for, for we have heard many say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs with, with Moses delivered to us. So Stephen alluded to Jesus but didn't actually mention it, um, you know, basically when he actually addressed the Sanhedrin there. And, of course, he actually re- alluded to the fact that, you know, uh, about about Jesus and they he painted the whole history of Israel right from Abraham particularly through to the time of Moses and so he was actually then persecuted and he was actually stoned and it was actually the stoning of Stephen that happened in 34 AD that actually was when the gospel then started going through to the Gentiles so this is where we're picking up in Acts chapter 8 verse 1 to 4 that we've just read and here we're finding that because of persecution verse 4 then tells us that they scattered and went everywhere. And we're going to keep on continuing unpacking that because, of course, Jesus talks about right, what we said at the very start of the Bible, that God calls us to mission, that he, Jesus also said to them that they'll go to Jerusalem and to Judea and to Samaria. And we're going to unpack that more to see how that actually happened. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Matthew, it has come time for our last quiz question, please. Okay, gladly. So our last quiz question is number five. What prophet was suspended between earth and heaven by a lock of his hair? Mm. So what prophet was suspended between earth and heaven by the lock of his hair? Okay. Was it A, Daniel, B, Ezekiel, was it C, Joel, or D, Elisha. Mm. So, multiple choice question right there. Text us in your answer on 0491064669 and you'll go in the draw for tomorrow, quarter to nine, for the two books, Convicted, not Cultivated, <laughs> uh, Convicted and also A Trip to the Supernatural uh, with Roger Morneau. So that question again, what prophet was suspended between earth and heaven by a lock of his hair? Was it A, Daniel, B, Ezekiel, C, Joel or D, Elisha? We're continuing in on our Bible study time. We are looking at the church and comfort zones because, of course, with mission, one of the big things, and we said this even with Abram being called out and being obedient to God, it was about getting out of his comfort zone. Absolutely. He was comfortable with everything. You know, he had his family there. He had his extended family there. He had his home there. He had his own culture that he was used to. Uh, so many things. And he actually followed God's leading to come out. Now, in the early church, of course, one of the key things was that they were very comfortable in their own zone in Jerusalem and just keeping the message in amongst the Jews. But at the stoning of Stephen, in AD 34, that's when the message to the Gentiles started happening. And Saul, who then became Paul, he was the persecutor. He was the main persecutor, but God called Saul on the road to Damascus, spoke to him. There's a whole story to that in um, Acts chapter 8 and 9 particularly. And you will actually find that, of course, he, he becomes Paul. And, of course, Paul is the one who is the greatest writer in the New Testament, and he's written so many books, Corinthians, Thessalonians, uh, Romans, uh, all of those fabulous all books. All the Ians. Uh, the, all the Ians. That's it. And so what we find with the persecution is that actually they go from Jerusalem and they are scattered. Of course, if we can read Acts chapter 11, verse Mm -hmm. 19, that also gives us an idea where and how they will go. So Acts 11, verse 19 says, 
Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen and travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. That's it. And here's the thing, that this is fulfilment of what Jesus had actually said, of course, to the disciples, which we find that he actually said that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when he actually came to the disciples in the, in the upper room. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. And uh, yes, you're, yeah, you want to read another verse for us there, please, Matthew? Yeah, Romans has it there in Romans chapter 1, verse uh, 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So God's original intention for Jerusalem to be used as a light to the world, as he did with the children of Israel, and they failed to do that by becoming part of the pagan nations. Now, God's trying to shake them out of that comfort zone you're referring to, Danuta, where they believe that they're the light to themselves. But no, the purpose is a light to the world. Absolutely, to the whole world. And so that they, they were scattered, a bit like we know with the Tower of Babel where the, ta- the languages came, they were scattered. In this case, persecution scattered them. Yeah. And we know and we do see that around the world. We have some really great interviews by um, the Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, they let us know what's actually happening with persecution around the world, really tragic stuff. But what we've really heard from them very much on each interview is, of course, that persecution typically brings people a lot closer to the Lord, but also that people need to be pulled uh, out and moved to places of safety. And so, again, there is that scattering that tends to actually happen. And sometimes you find, Matthew, that here in our places and in Australia, we we've got so much freedom and things are easy. It's easy to take it for granted that the Bible is there, that we can reach it for any time, but really we tend not to because it's really just just there. Especially in a society of a well-developed country where your needs are so easily met in terms of we have materialism that's abundant, um, we have ease of jobs, access, finances, as opposed to third world countries that don't have all those privileges. So we do can very much so become very comfortable. And even that's one of the reasons why the gospel is not uh, very well received by the world at large in developed countries because everyone's very comfortable and they feel they don't need God. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, also then when we talk about the disciples, there was one disciple particularly who was quite opposed to the gospel going to the Gentiles and he was actually known as apostle to the circumcised, meaning to the Jews. And Paul Paul became known, Saul who became Paul, known, became known as the apostle to the Gentiles. Yeah. But let's actually read about this particular disciple we're just going to go to Acts chapter 10 can you read for us verse uh, Acts chapter 10 verse 9 to 15 because we are specifically talking here about Peter yes and he's often referred to as the doubting Peter wasn't he like impulsive but also doubting Peter so doubting Thomas I'm thinking of sorry I got that one wrong here but in this case Peter actually has this vision can you read that vision for us yes gladly so just that reminder uh, Danita, which, which way am I going? Chapter 10, verses... Chapter 10, verse 9 to 15, 9 to 15 please. Bradley. It says, Yeah, the next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So when we say six hour, we're saying six in the morning, all the way up to so 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. 
In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean, referring to Jewish Mm. uh, law, customs. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Yeah, interesting passage, hey. He has this vision here of clean and unclean foods, and God says to him to actually eat of it. And he takes it literally. He goes by the law, the Jewish law of the clean and unclean foods that we find in Leviticus chapter 11. Mm -hmm. But interestingly here, it's actually referring to something far more than that. Absolutely. Because um, Peter, of course, was a leading figure in the early church. And God was saying, hey, you can't just keep all of this, you know, keep this message to the Jews. You need to take it out further to the Gentiles. And as we said earlier, Peter was opposed to that. Um, and you just wanted to keep it to those who were circumcised as a circumcised one too. And here, God then calls him further. We read further in that chapter. We're running short of time, so we won't have time to unpack that. But here we actually read that, in fact, what actually happens is that God calls him to go down to Caesarea to Cornelius. Now, who is Cornelius? At the very start of chapter 1, we actually find that Cornelius, it says in verse 1 of chapter 10, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called an Italian regime, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. And so God says to Peter, hey, go down to Caesarea, go down to Israel, I've been to Caesarea, amazing place, right there on, on, you know, on the water's edge there. And basically he says, go down to Cornelius. And we read that when, in verse 24 then, um, basically that, that, um, on the following day, there we go in verse 24, and the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and he called together his relatives and close friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down on his feet and worshipped him. Peter said, though, stand up. I myself also am a man. And here it is. He says, and as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. So there they were waiting. They were already waiting. So Peter's pulled out of his comfort zone to the Gentiles and basically got God says, and then he says to them, he says in verse 28, this is Peter saying, uh, Peter saying to them, this group and Cornelius, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. There is right clearly. But God has shown me. So he's now referring back to the vision, which makes it very clear that it's not about the clean and unclean foods, but about the, um, but about the fact that it's actually about, um, you know, going to other people and extending further. And so here what we actually find, he actually says, but God has shown me that I shall not call any man common or, or unclean. unclean. There it is. And there's verse 21. Therefore I came without objection. As soon as I went to, uh, to, was sent for, I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? And then Cornelius actually speaks to him. So we see that it's actually a whole lot more. And God calls us to go out of our comfort zone. He says, when you have found me, when you have found Jesus Christ, don't keep the excitement of the message, the gospel message. So we want to challenge you. If you are already partway on your journey, don't keep that to yourself. Extend it and share it with others so they may find the joy of the gospel and the joy of Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now, it's come time for us to give us the answers 
to the quiz questions and we're going to fly through them. The first one was, how long was the ark? Genesis chapter 6 verse, verse 15 tells us that it was 300 cubits. So the answer was C, 300 cubits. So, of course, as we sit in the States, there's a man that's actually done the museum. He's actually tried to do it exactly the same measurements. And if you Google that and you put in Noah's Ark USA, you will find it. Okay, number two, Psalm 32 warns us not to be without understanding, needing to be curbed with bit and bridle like a horse and or what other animal. The answer was a mule. So I hope you've never been called a mule by somebody in your family. <laughs> Even though we said, you know, that Lawson has said sometime back that I think he was called that when he was a little kid and when it was really bad. But these days he's a good He's not a good kid. He's actually a grown-up man now, isn't he? So number three, the missing word was uh, wait. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Okay, Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen. What was the day referred to when the apostles received the Holy Spirit? That was Pentecost. And what prophet was suspended between earth and heaven by a lock of his hair? The answer was Ezekiel B, Ezekiel, and that comes from Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 3. And now the interesting thing is coming back to that one about the Holy Spirit and Pentecost, Matt. Yeah. Of course, we find that in chapter 2 of Acts. We mentioned that briefly. We did really well not to give the answer away earlier, didn't we? we? Did. I we kept think. that under wraps. Yeah, so the disciples were together, of course, playing, praying together. And verse, uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 1 of Acts, it says, They were all of one accord. Mm-hmm. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it flowed through the house where they were sitting. They appeared to be them, um, divided tongues as of fire. Upon them, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the interesting thing is that this interpretation is taken in different ways by people. And sometimes uh, the belief is that, of course, that the tongues mean speaking tongues um, and tongues that people don't necessarily understand but it's being given from God but what are your thoughts on that what does the Bible actually tell us further on that about what the tongues actually mean yes good question Danita so you know there is a constructive use of tongues meaning the way God intended for it is actually according to the Bible which we'll soon see to advance the gospel so to be in a clearly understood language of the listeners for instance if I go to another country speaking Japanese to the French they would have no idea what I'm saying so you'd send someone who could speak French. And usually in this case of the apostles, they were gifted with the ability to speak in those different nations' languages. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to, to back it up with the Bible verses here, it actually says here, straight after what I've just read, in verse 5 of Acts chapter 2, they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews devout men, from every nation over heaven. And then verse 6 particularly says, And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone, here it is, everyone heard them in his own language. And then it goes on further and says, How is it that we hear each in our own language we were born? Parthians, Mede, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, and on it goes. It mentions all of them, the Cretes and the Arabs. And also... We're running out of time, so we can't unpack that. But if you actually want to go and check it for yourself, First Corinthians chapter 14 also very clear, clearly speaks of that because there's the passage that's talking about prophecy and tongues. 
And it is for the purpose of basically it is about different languages Mm -hmm. and basically for the purpose of all nations to be able to understand the gospel in their own language, which is really important because in Corinth, of course, that was a real key trading center where people came from different nations. And hence, this is why it's actually written in the book of Corinthians, why Paul actually writes that in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, doesn't he? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and so just keep on researching that for yourself because I know sometimes if you've actually had a different belief in that area, you can be feeling challenged, but the Bible gives us those answers. So you're listening to The Breakfast Show. It has come to the end of our show. Stay listening, of course, to Tazzy Encounters and all our other shows. Hey, Matt, thanks so much for coming in today. We're glad you've been here. My pleasure. And uh, we wish you all the best for today, and we will be seeing you, I'm sure, again sometime. Uh, and we're hoping that Lawson will be well for tomorrow. But right now, remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.